I went to a marvelous party. Christopher, this is only going to work if we speak one at a time. Fine, you first, Eric. From the Sunset Strip in beautiful West Hollywood, California, it's The Dinner Party Show, the Internet's first live comedy variety show with your hosts, New York Times best-selling authors, Christopher Rice. No, there's actually a new study that confirms every other child you see on the street is a ghost. <laughs> and Eric Shaw Quinn. I don't want to talk too much, but... Okay, no, no. We're going to take up a collection for the stained glass window. Now we want the dirt. Featuring reports from their largely unqualified staff of special correspondents. Sex is like Christmas. It's the not knowing what you're going to get that makes it exciting. New York is a giant trash island infested by has-been theater queens. If we're really serious about cutting federal spending, the biggest waste of public funds I can think of is Congress. Two snaps for Jesus! The Dinner Party Show. Everyone gets served. Tonight's live cast is streaming to you live and for free through the dinnerpartyshow.com and our free mobile app. And now, direct from the kitchen by way of the Get out of my office. It's your hosts, Christopher and Eric. Good evening, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and you're listening to The Dinner Party Show for Sunday, September 21st, 2014. And tonight, we will not be discussing who's on Dancing with the Stars, although we do think it's interesting that the gay guy on this season is actually admitting he's the gay guy. Girl. We will also not be discussing any show produced by Andy Cohen that doesn't involve Andy Cohen walking around shirtless a whole bunch. Also, we will not be discussing The Blacklist, because... There is no downside. So it would only be good, better, best new show of last season. We will also not be discussing any show produced by Ryan Seacrest unless he spends most of it riding piggyback on Andy Cohen. Shirtless. A whole bunch. I see a theme developing. Mm-hmm. And finally, we will not be discussing why the shows we love most are usually the first to get canceled because it's just too painful. Mm-hmm. As for everything else, it's still on the table on the Dinner Party Show's first ever edition of Good, Better, Worst, the new fall TV season. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Enjoy the hors d'oeuvres, but don't fill up. There's plenty more to come. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And welcome to our first ever edition of a brand new TDPS game. It's called Good, Better, Worst. And Eric, I'm going to put you on the spot. We did come up with it together, though. Right. We did, actually. But uh, yeah, we worked out. We want to just sort of give you a general idea before we launch right into it. The idea of Good, Better, Worst is that when you hear about a new product or a new thing, or in this case, a new show, you have an expectation and the networks, you know, flower it all up and then you watch it. And then there's the reality of what actually happened. So good is what the network says in Mm -hmm. this case. Better. Well, you know what? Here's an example. We'll do an example. Okay. Okay. So good, 
This is our example. Comedy giant and quality programming leader NBC announces a cutting-edge comedy about a gay man and longtime best friend. He's facing life as a middle-aged single gay man at the end of a failed long-term relationship, and she's looking for a place to start over as an engagement ends badly. Their roommates facing a world uncertain about how to react to him as a gay man and her as a single woman. They are Will and Grace. Okay, so then we do better. This is what we. Th- this is our best case scenario when we first hear this synopsis read to us. Wow! Finally, a show about a gay leading man who's not a set piece, dying of AIDS, or a screaming queen stereotype. Can't wait! And then worse, the reality of what actually turns out to be, which uh, in this case, since we've actually seen the show, there's a little foreshadowing. Okay, so worse. Oh, a show about an annoying single woman, her hysterically funny socialite boss, and some gay stereotypes she knows. And there you go. So it is an opportunity for us in this instance to address the New Falls TV season, which I don't think has even started airing yet. It starts really tonight. Okay. The first show that we're going to uh, preview tonight actually starts tonight. We're going to start with Sunday, which is where we begin, and then a lot of these shows premiere this coming week, and then some of them in the future, and one or two of them actually premiered this past week. Oh, okay, okay. So once again, I was wrong on the air at the dinner party show, but we are going to read the synopses of the new fall TV shows, and we're going to play Good, Better, Worst. So we're starting with, and I, are you going to read first, or am I'm gonna, I going to read? I'm going to do gonna the read first, first read, I think, is what, I won the toss. Okay. So play along, feel free to play along at home, mm-hmm. or on the Facebook page with, uh, Shea you know, Butters, your right? friend and Shay and the gang, the party verse. And we're going to do this by going through days of the week. And it just so happens we have fun sound effects for each day of the week. And since Sunday is kind of now the biggest day for television, new and it's old, getting there. we're going to start with Sunday. I can't believe a gay monk murdered all those people with swords. Okay. So dramatic. And starting our dramatic Sunday lineup, new tonight, actually. It's from CBS. It's Madam Secretary. Mm. Here's their write up. Okay. Taya Leone stars as Elizabeth McCord, the shrewd, determined, newly appointed Secretary of State who drives international diplomacy battles office politics, and circumvents protocol as she negotiates global and domestic issues, both Mm. at the White House and at home. Okay. So so good. Good is... uh, I love Taya Leone. I uh love her. I'm so glad she's back on television. She's a lot of fun. It's CBS. They do amazing work with sound, so it'll be really loud for all of their old (laughs) listeners, including me. But... It'll also be beautiful sound. They do a great job of sound on CBS. Oh, it's okay. better than the other networks. <laughs> I wish the other networks would do as good a job as That's CBS. called to damn with faint praise, well, Eric Shaw. No, I actually really love it. Okay, okay. Uh, I think the potential for an internationally focused West Wing is actually very promising. Featuring a woman as a strong character, yeah. really, uh, you know, really excellent. I... I didn't clip the part of that that says who's playing the president, but I think there's real potential in there and the juxtaposition of her having a life, you know, the having it all issue of being a working professional, I think as always makes for greater depth in understanding a character. Okay. Worse. Soap opera, hyper-focus on domestic issues, 
um, complaining about having to be a mom, and and they have they've introduced this mysterious death of her predecessor as an mm-hmm. overarching mystery, uh-huh. and they have no fucking idea what the answer is or how it ends, and they'll wander down dark alleys. For 30 seconds at the end of every episode. Yes. There'll be one little bit to advance that plot, and then the final two-part season finale will actually reveal, sort of, what the fuck they've managed to right. cobble together. Also, the husband completely will not understand. Oh the God, job. I hate that he so will much. Totally, be it'll be all about. Oh, why do you have to go work at the White House again today? I need you to darn my socks or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Sort yeah. of crazy bullshit that that constantly happens. And finally. The expert who doesn't know what she's doing. She's a brilliant CIA analyst and this professor, and she's going to be totally qualified for this job. Right. And then the minute she gets it, completely out of her depth. Right. Absolutely. And and all of these shows pick a certain branch of the government to depict with villainy. And it sounds like they're setting up the CIA as the sort of bad guys of the series. That's who killed her predecessor. And that's why she's going to have an inside track on figuring out who killed the predecessor. Exactly. So it could go either way. We're hoping for the first one. But, you know, in Eric's world of disabused notions, we're fearing the second. All right. What's next, Christopher? Next is Mulaney on Fox. Uh-oh. I'm sorry. We should be value neutral. <laughs> right? This is the part where we value do good. Neutral. We are value neutral during this segment of the game. Okay. Writer, comedian, and Saturday Night Live alum John Mulaney stars as Mulaney, a rising stand-up comic trying to take his career to the next level and the friends and mentors who lift him up, hold him back, and push him around, including his boss from hell, played by Martin Short. Good. Martin Short. Right? <laughs> Can't go wrong with Martin you Short. Really can't go wrong with Nobody's Martin Short. Nobody's funnier than Martin Short. Um, it sounds like maybe it's going to be um a version of Seinfeld that I don't hate. I was thinking this like, have we seen the stand-up comics journey in a sitcom before fame? Because in Seinfeld, he's pretty famous already as a comic, right? He's pretty established. I guess so. That show just drove me so insane. You Sorry, I know everybody I know. loves Larry David in that show, but it just I hated those characters. They drove me crazy. So I'm hoping that what we're going to have is people who are more accessible, people who I actually might like, mm-hmm. who are friends of this comedian, who may have some character flaws, but he's not driven by them. They are not right. all that he has, his flaws. And Martin Short. Martin how can Short. you really, like, how can you go wrong Martin Short. with Martin Short? Okay, worse. What does it mean, take his career to the next level? Oh, my God. I think that is really, if it is a sitcom about a guy bitching about how he wants more Twitter followers, uh, just come to Los Angeles and hang out at the Coffee Bean. I mean, like, really. Also, the potential to introduce a really mean Martin Short boss and then cut the balls off of him as, as the show maybe gets some ratings and people are like, he's too mean. We got to make it mainstream. Jordan is doing um, show notes Jordan now? is a focus group for television, which is I why see. all television is horrible. Yeah, no, it's just going to be, you know, rehash Seinfeld. This is the 80s. There was this period in the 80s where they believed that if you were a stand-up comedian, that's all the qualifications you needed to have your own television show. Television shows are actually really demanding acting work. Mm-hmm. And if you are a stand-up comedian, I think that's great, but it doesn't mean that you're a good actor. Right. And it doesn't even mean you're a good comic actor. It just means you're a good stand-up comedian. So that doesn't necessarily qualify you. And network executives, 
I thought maybe had figured it out, but maybe not. Here's hoping for the best. I don't know this John also, Mulaney guy from Saturday Night Live. I don't Saturday know Night him Live. either, and I'm a pretty big Saturday Night Live fan, and he doesn't pop out for me, but I don't think that means anything about the fate of the show. But I will also say that um, if they start to rest on him doing a lot of stand-up during each episode, also death. I think that sucks. I mean, the only wise thing about Seinfeld, in my opinion, was that it was 30 seconds of stand-up right at the end of every episode as the credits were rolling. But I don't want to tune into a sitcom to watch someone just do stand-up. So, anyway. Okay, we're switching to Monday. Monday. Davy, that's the kind of Monday I'm that's talking hot. about. That's hot. Okay, first up on Monday is, the. I have to say, the show maybe I'm most Don't looking forward pre- to. You can prejudice the game. Okay. I'm telling you. This is Gotham on Fox, okay? Here we go. The good, the evil, the beginning. <laughs> Everyone knows the name Commissioner Gordon. Yes. He is one of the crime world's greatest foes, a man whose reputation is synonymous with law and order. But what is known of Gordon's story and his rise from rookie detective to police commissioner? What did it take to navigate the multiple layers of corruption that secretly ruled Gotham City, the spawning ground of the world's most iconic villains? And what circumstances created them? The larger-than-life personas who would become Catwoman, the Penguin, the Riddler, Two-Face, and the Joker. Gotham is an origin story that reveals an entirely new chapter that has never been told as it follows one cop's rise through a dangerously corrupt city teetering between good and evil and chronicles the birth of one of the most popular superheroes of our time. All right, good. Oh, my God. Creates a whole new universe. Stars, what's his name? Who's the guy? I just oh, I loved ben him. Ben McKenzie. I loved him on Southland. He's amazing. Jada Pinkett Smith, who I adore. Wonderful cast. Amazing concept. So much fun. So much potential for a really interesting, new, completely self-contained universe about a new, you know, about something that I already so very much love. Okay, so that would be good. Yes. Okay. Worse. Um, we know the ending, which is true of all origin stories. Right. We know exactly where we're headed. I don't like superhero stuff like this on television because they often have to do it on the cheap, particularly on networks like Fox and CW. The sets look a little, let's shall we say, painterly, as in you can see the paint (laughs) on the sets. Um, And I think that there's going to be an odd focus on the maybe the least interesting aspects of Gordon's life in the midst of these interesting characters, unless they have the balls to really dive into who Catwoman starts out being. And I'm 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 I have to say I'm falling down on the worst side on this one. I think this is going to be a big hyped. My mess. great fear is that it's going to be super villains with feelings. Yes, super villains sitting around in some cheesy dive bar set complaining about their childhood. Like I right. just. I'm terrified. Like, it's either going to be, they're going to get the aesthetic and it's going to just sing or it's just going to be unbearable. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. So, moving on to the next entry. This is Scorpion on CBS. (laughs) Eric Shaw Quinn. (laughs) I'll do my best. You do your best. Inspired by a true story, Scorpion is a high-octane trauma about eccentric genius Walter O'Brien and his team of brilliant misfits who comprise the last line of defense, the very last one, against complex, high-tech threats of the modern age. As Homeland Security's new think tank, O'Brien's Scorpion team, pools their extensive technological 
technological <laughs> knowledge, technologicals to solve mind-boggling predicaments. Actually use the word predicaments in the copy, but comfortable with each other's humor and quirks, life outside their circle confounds them. So they rely on Catherine McPhee, who has a young gifted son to translate the world for them. At last, these nerdy masterminds have found the perfect job, a place where they can apply their exceptional brain power to solve the nation's crises while also helping each other learn how to fit in. Okay. What's the upside to this, Christopher? Uh, the good is the child. I think it will hinge on whether or not the child is funny, smart, interesting, or witty. And I'm going to default once again to the cast. <laughs> to say there's a possibility the cast can save this. I, I but, think oh you're right. Yeah, God. really amazing performances. Like as with Fringe, I thought that Joshua Jackson and the actor who played his father were amazing. I'll tell you this too. Here's what I also think, and this is a TV formula when they launch a pilot that they will sometimes overload it with stuff and then choose to focus it in a certain direction as they move into the first season, particularly if it actually has ratings, and they have two huge unwieldy concepts jammed into this pilot together which is save the world and learn how to not be so nerdy okay next up is jane the virgin wanna leverhin is that really the subtitle is a spanish it, it was it was originally a telenovela okay. that's been like ugly betty all right and this is on the cw it is jane villanueva's grandmother alba convinced her of two things Telenovelas are the highest form of entertainment, and women must protect their virginity at all costs. Now age 23, Jane is a driven young woman studying to become a teacher, nursing a dream to be a writer, and supporting herself with a job at a hot new Miami hotel. Although she is determined not to make the same mistake her mother Zoe made, becoming an unwed mother at 16, excuse me, Jane could not be closer to the Zoe and Alba, as well as her wonderful fiancé. Did this copy come directly from the CW? Maybe. <laughs> as well as her wonderful fiancé, a handsome, hard-working detective named Michael, the only comprehensible name in the whole thing, who loves her enough to accept her insistence on saving herself until they're married. All of Jane's meticulous life plans are turned upside down when she sees her doctor for a routine checkup and is accidentally, artificially inseminated with a specimen meant for the patient in the next room. A specimen, huh? I guess so. Though she has always tried to be the responsible good girl who does the right thing, Jane's normally quiet life has suddenly become as dramatic, complicated, and unpredictable as the telenovelas she has always loved. Eric Shaw Quinn, what is the good? If they will do a really, like they did with Ugly Betty, highly stylized send-up of the genre not taking anything too seriously, overplaying everything and making people very sort of fast-paced versions of all of these elements. Okay. Christopher, the downside? The, the worst is that they uh, they wimp out on their concept, which is dealing with a virgin being pregnant, uh, that they uh, make it about her wanting to be as cool as the people who work at the hot Miami hotel. That mm. was, that really, that that's like leapt out at me. Hot Miami hotel, uh-oh. Mm -hmm. I see lots of really uh -huh. good-looking bad actors treating her like crap. And you know, like I, I just... Again, I think there's so many different elements swimming around in this, and I, they probably built it that way on purpose so that they can pick one, but I think it's possible that they're all going to converge and, and, and there's just not going to be any kind of spine in the vision for the show. I just think they're going to take it too seriously. That's yeah. my greatest fear, that they're actually going to play this seriously because, like with all comedy, 
it's ultimately tragedy where you're just laughing at other people's pain. If you right. if you take it too seriously, it can immediately go over the falls in a barrel. Got it. So that is it for our first segment. We have covered the new shows that are debuting on Sunday and Monday, and we're going to hit a break for a word from one of our sponsors, and then we'll be back here on The Dinner Party Show with Good, Better, Worst, the new fall TV season. Edgy, dangerous, exciting. None of these adjectives are used to describe shows like NCIS New Orleans, Two Broke Girls, or The Middle. But that doesn't stop the networks that make them from trying to capture the prestige of cable. This fall, once again, America's top networks think outside the box, and the whole house of cards comes tumbling down. I was training to be a classical musician, but then a drug conviction sent me to prison for 35 years. Now I'm free, but a mafia boss is trying to strong-arm me into cooking crystal meth. Will I go on the run, or will I make a musical? The father of my child's been in prison for 35 years. Things have been tough, real tough. I've gambled away my home, my kids. But there's one thing I've been able to hold on to the whole time. By day, they cook crystal meth and try to keep local crime lords off their back. At night, they make musicals with puppies. Puppy dog musicals. Network Cable Show. It's the kind of pile of hybridized nonsense you get when you cross one network executive's desperate grab for cultural relevance with a complete absence of spine. Basically, we're looking for a show like Breaking Bad, but without any of the stuff that makes my mom get upset and call me. It's Network Cable Show. Basically, we want House of Cards, but make him nicer and a dentist. It's Network Cable Show. Basically, we want Orange is the New Black, but without prison or lesbians. Network Cable Show. This fall on every single network. By the end of the third episode, they'll all be solving crimes. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where the soup is hot, but the heads are hotter. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And we are playing the first ever game of Good, Better, Worst on The Dinner Party Show. We are reading plot synopses for new fall television shows. Then we are laying out our best hopes for the show. And our greatest fears. And then our greatest fears, which would be the worst part. And we're going through it by days of the week, so let us begin... Tuesday. I love you. I love you. Tuesday. <laughs> it's a 
happening on Tuesday. People having too much love to be watching right. television. It's All a right. night of romance on Tuesday, apparently. Is our next show romantic, Eric Shaw Quinn? I don't know. We'll have to watch and see. I hope so, because the new lead is very attractive. Okay. All right. Here it's we go. It's The Flash on CW. Mm. Starring, I think it's Grant Gustin. He was the homewrecker on Glee. But he he was tried a... to drive apart Blaine and uh, the other guy. I've but he was forgotten. adorable. Okay, he was the adorable homewrecker on Glee. Now has his own show. Blaine and Chris Koffler, who Christopher still resents for beating him out as sexiest man in Out Magazine. You, uh, you, you know, uh, there's a bigger story there that you're not telling because you're just, you know, vamping. But that's not the... we're here to talk about no, tonight. we're not here to talk about that. Okay, The Flash. Barry has always had the heart of a superhero, and now he has the legs to match. (laughs) Baby. Girl. But he quickly learns that being a superhero is not as easy as it seems, and he can't do it alone. For now, only a few close friends and associates know that Barry is literally the fastest man alive. But it won't be long before the world learns that Barry Allen has become the Flash. Okay, so the good... Um, what's his name? The guy who plays. Barry I'm, I'm Allen? going with Grant Gustin. If we're getting it wrong, it's really going to be okay. humiliating. It's not. It's not. Well, he's not been a guest on the dinner party show yet, so we don't have to worry too much. We don't have to activate our friend alarm, which we had installed before we started doing this show. Um, ah, the good. Oh, the good is him. But the outfit or the uniform, which I have seen, is not revealing enough. I will say that um, for a superhero CW show, I really feel like the superhero needs to. Oh, I'm going into the worst. This, this game is hard. It's hard to focus on the good. Um, the good is if they they don't bite off more than they can chew. Let me put it that way. The the best superhero shows on the CW or on networks that don't have necessarily the budget of a CBS or an NBC are the ones where the concept is streamlined. And fast, as fast as The Flash. And so that's it. That's the only good I can see here. I hate superhero shows on television. I just hate them. Friend alert. Friend and that's alert. a special um, warning that we've installed on tonight's episode um, to let us know when friends of ours are involved in particular productions and our good friend John Wesley Shipp, who actually played The Flash in a previous <laughs> incarnation, will be appearing in a special guest shot. I'm not sure doing exactly what. I haven't talked to John. He's living on the wrong coast now or the other coast. I guess uh-huh. there isn't a wrong coast or a right so coast. So you but... were going to warn me about John after I did the, or after I tried to do the good. It's my own fault for well, not being able I, to it's, it's challenging. It's Greg Berlanti again, right? Yes. I love his work. I love the idea. I think that, and oftentimes the pilots are amazing, and then the production value drops off, and it turns into superheroes with feelings, and it's more about it turns their, into soap opera. their family relationships than it does the superhero part, and I don't tune in for superhero shows that aren't about being superheroes. Yeah. You know, they, there's the, the syndrome of, I just want a normal life. Mm-hmm. Like, I hate that. Nobody in the world just what the lottery would disappear if people just wanted a normal life. People who are told they are exceptional are happy about it and they proceed accordingly. We talk a lot on this show about this idea that exceptional or smart or nerdy people have to be sort of browbeaten into being normal and that a lot of stories are focused on this idea that if you do have this, say, exceptional intelligence, somebody sort of dumb and average needs to come along and teach you how to adjust. And I think that's a similar version yeah. of what you're describing yeah, it's here. The, it's the, there is like, And it also presupposes that there is such a thing as normal. 
What would right. that even mean? Right. And our next Tuesday night show is Forever on ABC. Eric Shaw Quinn, you want to bring us the good? Forever, ABC. Dr. Henry Morgan, Ian Griffith, New York City's star medical examiner, has a secret. Uh-oh. He doesn't just study the dead to solve criminal cases. He does it to solve the mystery that has eluded him for two hundred years. The answer to his own inexplicable immortality. Mm. This long life has given Henry remarkable observation skills, which impresses his new partner, Detective Joe Martinez, Alana de la Garza. I don't know who that is, but she sounds lovely, but piques her curiosity about who he is. Each week, a new case and their budding friendship reveal layers of Henry's long and colorful past. Only his best friend and confidant, Abe, played by Judd Hirsch, knows Henry's secret. Okay, so better. Um, If they don't have an explanation for his immortality, this show is going to spin its fucking... Ah, I can't do it! I can't do better! You're the most negative person. I can't do better! I can't do better! I'm gonna blame the show. It's the show that's made me negative. It's sitting in here being smart with Eric Shaw Quinn, who's so much (laughs) smarter than me. Um... What? Oh, I can't can't do better. Eric Shaw Quinn, Ian Griffin, like, there's no... Who is that? That's... He's uh, Horace Hornblower. He's oh, the most beautiful, yeah, he's hot. tall, yeah. bony, British. He's actually Welsh, I think, but hence the weird spelling of the name. But yeah, yeah just gorgeous. And Judd Hirsch, who I actually quite like. The exploration of immortality sounds like it might be sort of a fun possibility. Mm-hmm. Like, But I think that, yes, I'm with you. If they don't know what the end point is, if they don't know the ending of this novel. Right. Like TV is long form. It's not short form. And you have to know where the novel is headed or you're just writing random scenes hoping that they lead you somewhere. That can be a way to write a novel, but it's not a very successful strategy. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. So, yeah, I think it's a real toss-up. I I actually, despite the fact that I love Ian, I don't have high hopes. I don't have high hopes for the show either, as I made clear earlier when I started. My best predictions for it were actually my worst predictions. I think also the cop. Who is the cop going to be? Is she going to be the cop who doesn't understand because she's so tough and she, you know, like... Oh, no, she's all romantic interest. You think so? She's totally romantic. She's interested in him, but he keeps her at arm length because he has a secret which only intrigues her more. Yeah. She's totally there for to try and get Latino viewers to view, to tune in right. and to be his romantic interest. But he's he's got a secret that he doesn't even know the answer to, right? Like that's why He knows that he's over 200 years he know, old. That you that, that part, you don't miss. That if part you've been he around knows. for 200 years, you, you know fucking that you know still it. haven't died. Cuz everyone yeah. else is dead and yeah. you're fine. All right, so okay. All right then. That's Tuesday. All right, we have plenty of more days of the week to get through with new fall TV shows here on the first ever edition of Good, Better, Worst. But we have to break for a word from one of our TV-related sponsors, and then we'll be back here on The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and you're listening to The Dinner Party Show, Good, Better, Worst edition. Coming this fall, the TDPS. What the hell was that? More action. More excitement. More shootouts. More car chases. What the hell? The new fall lineup on TDPS will have you saying, What the hell? Where is that voice coming from? From the people who brought you Is This Thing Loaded? And watch out for that! It's more action packed. 
high-impact adventure and violence than a Quentin Tarantino pitch meeting. How do you shut this thing off? This fall on TDPS, the volume is up, 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 as Christopher Rice and Derek Shaw Quinn proudly present What the Fuck? The show that asks the question What the fuck? That's right. Each week, contestants will be blindfolded, tossed into the back of a panel van, and dropped off in incredibly dangerous surroundings, wearing only pasties and a pair of Lucite stripper heels. You'll wonder what the fuck we were thinking, but you won't want to miss a single tragic episode. Week one, welcome to Juarez, white boy. sounds awful. It's nothing compared to TDPS latest new action series. He's a really fucked up former special ops guy with a dangerous mental condition, severe memory loss, and a secret agenda. She can't seem to find her hairbrush or stop sleeping with her co-stars. Together, they are the FBI's secret weapon, Agent Terrible. Each week, they will actually cause more trouble and destruction than they profess. What does this do? Bet that's worse than it sounds. It is, but it's not as bad as our new romantic comedy show. He's her mass terrorist captor. She's feeling more than Stockholm Syndrome. It's romance in the Levant on Sooty with a chance of fatwa. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, oh. That's it. That's, that's it. Stop, 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 stop it. Stop it. I give up. I give up. Jordan can come back on the show. See, I told you it could be much, much worse. See you this fall, hookers. Great. Tired of dining alone? Enjoy the dinner party show with friends. Like us on Facebook and become one of our party people. Then, during our live shows on Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, you can join the conversation and post questions for Christopher, Eric, and their guests. During the week, drop in for tasty side dishes, show updates, and fun with the other party people. The Dinner Party Show. You are the life of our party. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Let's dish. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And we are playing our first ever round of Good, Better, Worst. And our topic is new shows of the fall TV season. We're going to read you the plot synopsis. Then we're going to give you our best case scenario prediction and our worst case scenario prediction. And the day of the- We're going to try. We're going to try, right. (laughs) And the day of the week is Wednesday. Oh, my Lord. Wow, okay. (laughs) Wednesday's going to be scary this fall. Absolutely. Okay, on Wednesday, Red Band Society on Fox. Why don't I take this one? Okay, go for it. We're calling the good is the plot synopsis. This is what the network wants you to know. Red Band Society is a coming-of-age dramedy about a group of rule-bending teenage cancer patients, anorexics, and accident victims 
and the adults who mentor them through the ups and downs of adolescence in Los Angeles Ocean Park Hospital, exploring everything from strong friendships and first loves to humorous mishaps and heartbreaks. The series is a story of life with an edgy, comedic tone all its own. Okay, you want to start with the better, Eric Shaquin? Octavia Spencer. Octavia Spencer is in it. Excellent. Yeah, okay. She plays the no-nonsense nurse. Okay. That's really all I've got. I There is a, uh, yeah, That's I, I think that's about all I've got, too. I can't do hospital shows. I can't and, do doctor shows. And, it you know, like a show about, like, do they just live at the hospital? They don't ever leave? Yeah. Like, right, exactly. Or do they die and get replaced by other children? Both of those things sound horrifying to me. And it's Steven Spielberg, who I don't think has a great track record for television. I think he's wonderful at the movie theater, and I haven't seen the television show that really worked out for him. I will also say I think they will make it too much about the adults and how the adults are fantastic people for caring for these kids. They have to. They will wuss out on the comedic aspect of the kids learning to laugh at their diseases and predicaments, which I don't even know if I want to do that. I'm not sure they want them to. I just, yeah. yeah. I, 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 you know, I, Good point points for trying for a quirky and different approach to yeah. a show formula, but Jesus, if you can make this work, oh my God, I'm impressed. Absolutely. All right, our next show on Wednesday night, our next new show, I should say, is Stalker on CBS. And oh, 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 wait, I oh, is that friend the alert. friend alert? Yes. Friend of the dinner party show, meaning friend of Christopher and Eric, Kevin Williamson is responsible for this show. He of Scream fame and the following on Fox. This is his new show debuting on CBS. Eric Shaw Quinn, do you want to bring us the good? Here we go. Stalker on CBS. Maggie Q and Dylan McDermott. Mm. Star in a psychological thriller about detectives who investigate stalking incidents, including voyeurism, cyber harassment, and romantic fixation for the Threat Assessment Unit of the LAPD. Okay, the good. I can start with the good here, which is that Kevin has a skill for getting in the minds of psychopaths. And if any of the show is really devoted, I think, to the point of view of a stalker, oh this my will God. be scary, interesting, so terrifying. case of the week's kind of stuff. And I don't mean case of the week as an insect, uh, insult, excuse, no. as incest. <laughs> because otherwise it becomes the feat. It falls for the feature thing again. Right, like right. It, it, it looks like it has potential to transcend the feature feature trap and actually be a scary Kevin Williamson show. I've I've great I I think it looks like yeah. and that cast. Yeah, and there's always the potential conflict as well of the fact that nobody believes you're really being stalked. You're just overreacting because there isn't always necessarily violence involved with stalking. So that becomes really creepy. You know, like right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, the proof of it. And the uh and the worst friend alert. <laughs> friend alert. <laughs> I you know like I my only fear for this one I love I I thought Maggie Q was wasted on the eleven million three boot of of uh, Fem Nikita and so I'm glad <laughs> she's getting a chance to do something more um, substantial I love Dylan McDermott um, I enjoyed Navy Blue with him or Dark Blue I think it was called um, Navy Blue I'm such a fag um, <laughs> anyway uh, but the only possible trap I see is is the feature trap and with Kevin I don't think that's going to happen I think we're going to have really scary, spooky, criminal um, stalkers from week to week that's going to keep the show alive and make it a fun week well, to Well, I, I think Case of the Week can also become a trap. It can get too repetitive and they start to have to recycle three different types of stalkers every, every 
three episodes. Yeah, I hope those you know? aren't the only three. Yeah, I know. I like <laughs> that. That's like cyber stalking, yeah. romantic fixation. Yeah. Which week is it? Oh, it's week. It's it's the third week, so it's cyber stalking. Yeah. Like okay. Next up on Wednesday night, it's Blackish on ABC. Oh, what's that? Another friend. Alert. Wednesday alert. is big friend day for our, our friend, for the dinner party show. Uh, Tracy Ellis Ross, who is rumored to be a future guest here on the dinner party show, the beautiful, the talented, the lovely Tracy Ellis Ross. Love to have her on the show. She's so funny. On that, we talked about having her on the show, and then I ran into her somewhere in town. So we're it is in development. It's happening. It's in development. Provided we do, we are not about to say anything ugly about her new show. <laughs> Which I don't think we will. I don't think that's going to be a problem. Blackish on ABC. Dre Johnson has a great job, a beautiful wife, Rainbow. That's the name of his wife. I don't think he actually has a rainbow. Yeah, I think so. He has four kids and a colonial home in the Burbs, but has success brought too much assimilation for his black family? Hmm, interesting. You want to go with the better? Absolutely. I think this looks like slam dunk funny. I think that the idea is so socially relevant and so fun and so out there of like, it's like President Obama is every bit as black as two chains. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think as gay people, I certainly experience it. Mm -hmm. The the notion of you're not gay enough or you're not the kind of the right kind of gay or you're a sellout to the mainstream. You're heteronormative. Oh God, I hate that word. Um, Because once again, it it presupposes a normal way of behaving. And so to see well-educated black people, upper middle class black people dealing with prejudice in that group is something I haven't seen before. Plus it's a great cast I love her. I think she's funny at lunch. So I expect she'll be hysterical mm. on the show. The whole cast is is amazing. I think it looks like a slam dunk hit. I, I can't wait. I have high hopes for it as well. Uh, despite Tracy Ellis Ross being in the cast, I will. here's what I'll do for the worst, since we're obligated to do a worst. I'll, I'll posit a scenario, in a specific scenario, in which I think the show might become less interesting than its concept. They introduce a quote-unquote ghetto black character for comic relief who begins to steadily take over the show. He becomes the Urkel of Family Matters on this show. <laughs> and suddenly it goes from being about this family to being the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, right? Where where the assimilated family become a bunch of stupid oafs and the character we're really supposed to sympathize with is the, the no-nonsense, no-bullshit ghetto guy who tells them the truth about who they really are. I think your best-case scenario posits it staying true to the concept it's advertising now, and I think it is possible that they may yeah. not. My fear is my fear is um, a Modern Family syndrome. Modern yeah. Family started out an amazing show with a different uh, take on um, old characters, and it still has that amazing cast, but it is turned into the most standard boilerplate. Um, stereotype sitcom show on television. I I really, it broke my heart. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They never did an episode again as good as The Incident, which was the wedding episode with Shelley Long where she played the mother-in-law who was dragged out of the wedding, literally. All right, and we're moving on to the next day of the week in the new fall TV schedule, and that day is Thursday. Thursday. 
Thursday is the day of the week for comedy about farting. Comedy, apparently. farty comedy Thursdays. All right, let's see if there's any farty comedy and how to get away with murder. I don't know that I'm going to be laughing a lot during On that. ABC, I will bring the good. Here is the synopsis provided by the network. The brilliant, charismatic, and seductive Professor Annalise Keating gets entangled with four law students from her class, How to Get Away with Murder. Little do they know that they will have to apply what they learned to real life in this masterful, sexy, suspense-driven legal thriller. And why don't you start off the good by revealing who is playing Professor Annalise Keating? I just love Viola Davis. Yeah, she's she's wonderful. And I, I think that the premise of the show sounds, you know, like fun and an interesting. I love murder mysteries and whatever, but it's Viola Davis. Viola Davis doing anything. You could do the show, you know, any show you want. Viola in Davis the whole is list. painting starring, her house. Starring Live Viola on the Davis. Learning Channel. And I would be right there. Like, you know, I just that's that's my good. Like yeah. Viola Davis okay. is an amazing actress. I have very high hopes. Shonda Rhimes is a very accomplished. Oh, it's Shonda Rhimes. Oh yeah, oh, Shonda okay. Rhimes has become the Aaron Spelling of ABC. She yeah. is. They've given her the entire Thursday night lineup. Now is entirely her. Good it's Grey's Anatomy, a Scandal, and now How to Get Away with Murder, starring Viola Davis, which I cannot wait. That's fantastic. Okay. The bad. Yeah. Or the worst. Go ahead. Um, you know. S- serialized mystery shows on network really can be challenging to maintain, particularly if they have not figured out where the mystery is headed. I think it becomes very clear early on that they're wandering down blind alleys, that they're introducing characters that they don't know really what they're going to do with. You know, if it's the lost effect, I hate to say it, but it becomes particularly acute with murder mysteries. Like, if they don't know who that killer is and why, the foundation of this thing is going to start to look rickety right away, and it will then veer into... Typical Shonda Rhimes stuff, which will be I big swear. speeches and a lot of finger wagging and a lot of the woman is right about everything. <laughs> Not that women aren't always right, women. But, you know, when it's the dominant perspective in a show, again and again and again, it becomes tiresome. So... I It's not clear to me if it's going to be case of the week or if it's going to be a long you know, solving a single crime, which I think sounds more interesting. Right. Um, I hope it's the latter, although I don't object to it as the former. My greatest fear is that it's the scandal syndrome. I love the premise. I love Kerry Washington. I loved the idea of scandal. And then they introduced that idiotic relationship with her and that president. Love Tony Goldwyn. And I just, the show just fell apart for me. I couldn't stay. It sounds great. Everything that's happened, I've heard, listened from offstage to Scandal, and I never came back. They lost me, and I'm afraid that a woman defined in terms of men will once again shoot down the prime. I hope not. I hope that it's really going to be a strong standalone woman, and the men will be just other characters in the show. Okay, and our last Thursday night show is The McCarthy's on CBS. Eric Shaw Quinn, I believe you're pretty excited about this one. Do you want to bring the I good? Will, I will bring the good. Okay. The McCarthy's on CBS. This is how they chose to begin it. I always think it's a strange way to do a multi-camera comedy, because that means a lot to me as an audience <laughs> member, about a close-knit, sports-crazed Boston family whose somewhat athletically challenged son, Ronnie, is chosen by his father to be his assistant high school basketball coach, much to the surprise of his more qualified siblings. Ronnie wants nothing more than to move away, join the single scene, and find a partner. His distraught mother, Marjorie, is not upset 
that, that her favorite son is gay, but that he wants to leave Boston and his family. Ronnie, the gay son's plans change, however, when his politically incorrect and outspoken father, author, stuns everyone with his choice for an assistant. Touched by his father's offer, Ronnie embarks on a completely different future, and he can be... Sure that his loving family, including his twin brothers, Sean and Gerard, and his sister, Jackie, are going to have a very vocal opinion about it. And I'd say part of the good is they'll hire somebody better to write their synopsis next time. That was a little convoluted, but right? I don't mean to sound like a language Like they, let, they buried the lead, and I think that, well, anyway. They, they may be nervous about it. Okay, the good is that... Uh, we have talked on this show a lot about how great the gay character was on Happy Endings. Right. Unconventional, not a gym bunny, not a not an Instagram loving trainer or a perfect suburban couple like an American Beauty or on Desperate Housewives when they introduced a gay character. So there's the potential for that here, a blue collar average gay guy. Um and that's very exciting. The family could be funny. Uh, I, I'm going to dip a little bit into the worst here. I'm not sure why Boston is sort of depicted in this synopsis as like this backwater. It's actually got a large, vibrant gay community and a long sort of history and a lot of academic institutions. So it's sort of presented like the son is going to have to leave Boston if he's ever going to find a boyfriend. And I'm like, where the fuck is he going to go? <laughs> I mean, like, there are other places to find boyfriends besides New York and Los Angeles. In fact, I've struck out in both of those. So, Well, yeah, maybe he just wants, maybe they're Southies. You know, yeah. maybe it's just the part of town that we're talking about okay yeah but uh yeah that that seems unclear yeah i i really i have to say this of everything on the schedule i have really high hopes here and my greatest fear because what i'm afraid is going to happen is what they did to alec and uh the oh what was it mambo italiano i can't even remember the show uh, that kiss, they, me, kiss guido. me guido they made into a television series which they had no confidence in and gave up on, like, practically during the pilot airing. CBS does not have a great track record here, and I'm afraid they're going to turn their backs on this. Wait, let me they... ask you. CBS doesn't have a great track record with gay shows or with comedies? With gay shows. With gay shows. Okay. Like, they yeah. really, they chickened out on Kiss Me Guido, and while it was a, quite a funny show and very well done, they literally started backing away from it as it was airing. The fact that they don't mention that the character is gay, this is their write-up, until more than halfway through the, and then only incidentally, oh, makes yeah. me worried. Okay. Maybe they'll do it. Maybe they'll commit to it. I have, I really hope that this is going to happen, but I'm not counting on it. So that's it for Thursday. When we come back, we have one day of the week left because there are no new fall TV shows on Saturday. Apparently at not. All. Uh, but there is one on Friday, and we will talk about that show, and then we'll tell you what's coming up next week here on The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and this is The Dinner Party Show's Good, Better, Worst edition. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where dessert is the most important meal of the day. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And we are playing our first ever round of Good, Better, Worst, where we redo the plot synopses of the new fall TV shows, and then we make our best case predictions and our worst case predictions. <sighs> we hope we've uh, been uh, encouraging Without being overly negative. We have also been going through by days of the week, and we have reached the end of the week. We're almost at the very end of the week, and that day is Friday. Friday! <laughs> Friday, a 
Yes, it's a show with a lot of ducks on it's it, apparently. Hoedown Fridays. Absolutely. Here at the dinner party show. Okay, we have something we want to talk about on Saturday, but Friday has one new show debuting, and that is Constantine on NBC. Eric Shaw Quinn, would you like to bring us the good? Based on the wildly popular comic book series Hellblazer, seasoned demon hunter and master of the occult, John Constantine is armed with a ferocious knowledge of the dark arts and a wickedly naughty wit. He fights the good fight, or at least he did. With his soul already damned to hell, he's decided to abandon his campaign against evil until a series of events thrust him back into the fray, and he'll do whatever it takes to protect the innocent. With the balance of good and evil on the line, Constantine will use his skills to travel the country, find the supernatural towers that threaten our world, and send them back where they belong. After that, who knows? Maybe there's hope for him and his soul after all. I um have high hopes for this one. I think it's a simple concept. If they spend enough money on it, it'll be visually compelling and exciting from week to week. I think it'll come down to budget. I think it really will. It budget and commitment from the looks network. Looks like fun. If they take the Dracula route and go film it in, you know, far eastern Europe during mm-hmm. the snowstorm, I don't see it working out. But yeah, I think that it has real I love the idea. I love the Keanu Reeves movie. I like the character. It's really a fun Yeah. Um, concept, uh, uh, you know, I think it could be great. Okay, and the worst? I think the worst is, you know, they cheap out. They, it turns into a lot of personal problems. The focus is all about saving his soul or mm-hmm. not wanting to be... Or a woman who to wants do to his save his soul. Or some sort of, you know, like if it turns into super hellblazer with feelings, you know, I just, I think if they go with, if they commit to doing the comic book thing, it'll be great. And I think the chances of them wimping out, are, you know, it happened again and again. They did the same thing with Dracula last year. It was a Friday show on NBC and great idea, great fun. And it turned into, yeah, let's sit around and bitch about, you know, my girlfriend and she doesn't right. like me and turn it into that sort of story while doing the cheapest possible production. Anyway, so fingers crossed, high hopes. We'll yeah, see. Absolutely. Well, there are no new shows on Saturday, but we do have a new development on Saturday Night Live that we want to talk about. So I will play our Saturday sound effect here at the Dinner Party Show for Good, Better, Worst. It was so Doctor Who that wow, that was sound excellent. That was so cool. That like, was totally, very excellent. I love that. I felt like we were talking to really smart British robots who were going to end the world. Right? I love Doctor Who. Okay, so Saturday Night Live, obviously not a new show. It's been on for like 20 or 30 oh, years. Oh my God, I think like 40. But some interesting new developments happening. Uh, a big shakeup on Weekend Update. <laughs> A big shake-up. I, mean, I love that description. Well, yeah, Cecily's going back to being the drunk girl that you were sorry you stuck up a conversation good, with at the party, good. which is maybe the best thing they've ever done on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, right. Ever. Totally. Um, but the, the big news is that Michael Che, who is a correspondent that I know of on The Daily Show, um, is going to be... Joining the desk with the the guy who's already there. So Colin two Jost, men. the cutest head writer in Saturday Night Live history. I love you, so, Colin Jost. Call so me. Michael Che and Colin Jost will be the co-anchors of SNL Saturday Night Live Report or whatever they call it. And um, and Michael Che is a black man, so he's the first African American 
host of uh, the news on Saturday Night Live, and it's the first time it's been two men Excellent. in both of the anchor chairs on Saturday Night Live. So that's new. Do you think and, they'll uh, make out or anything? They're trying to, you know, here's hoping. Yeah. I think that, yeah, we should write that in. We should totally Interesting send that in. Saturday Night Live side note before we close out And Michael Chase is hysterical, by the way. I've really been enjoying I can't him wait. on Daily Show. I can't so. wait. I'm sure he's great. Yeah. Interesting Saturday Night Live side note. Um, d- d- uh, Bill Hader recently gave an interview about his character, Stefan, who was no longer on the show because right. Bill Hader is no longer on the show. And Stefan was known for being the gay nightlife correspondent right. for New York City. Apparently, the joke was that Stefan had never actually gone to any of those pl- crazy nightclubs and places he was talking about. And he was making up those things on the air during Weekend Update just to sort of punch the clock. Whereas I thought Stefan really believed that he had gone to a nightclub with guys dressed yeah, as that, Care that Bears dragging well, midgets That was not along. a well-realized uh, yeah. <laughs> plot point. Uh, <laughs> I, I never not... once suspected that. And having been to some of those stupid clubs in New York, I think, yeah. they really are out there. So it, wasn't, really it was actually, there. that was the joke for me. Well, we've made it all the way through every day of the week. Thank you for joining us for our first edition of Good, Better, Worst. Next week, we are back with a live cast of You're the Guest, which, which means call 323-PEZ-TDPS and tell us what you want us to be talking about. Ask us inappropriate questions that we will answer live on the air. And also, you can post on our Facebook Right, page. and yeah. we'll uh, we'll be talking to you, but you're the guest. We're back for our third season, and so we've we got things started with Brian, and we didn't want to leave out the fall season on television, which is premiering all this week, and we hope every show's a hit, particularly the ones with our friends on them. But yes, it's time for you to be honored with the show that you deserve. You're, you're the, the guest. guest. You are absolutely the guest. So. It's all about you, babe. Until next week, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw. Quinn. And you've been listening to the Dinner Party Show. Thanks.